0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Yesterday on this show, we spent the entirety discussing the possibility that the NBA would start three days before Christmas. After our show dropped yesterday, additional news began to surface of potential training camp day or start, training camp start day of December 1st. And this whole process is seemingly starting to snowball. I thought maybe we were getting ahead of ourselves a tiny bit on yesterday's show, but then we kind of launched into it, and I thought, all right, well, whatever. You know, the hell with it. To quote the great Bob Uecker in Major League, the hell with it. We'll just talk about it, and, you know, maybe it'll become a bigger story soon enough. Well, it is. And we mentioned that towards the end of yesterday's podcast the NBA wanted to give its players and staff eight weeks of notice before a potential season start date. Eight weeks from December 22nd is today. Today is eight weeks out. So we may be getting more news by later on today. All I'm saying, and then we'll actually, you know, introduce the podcast, is that with Mark Stein reporting that December 1st is emerging as an opening day for training camp Basically, everything else would have to just happen. We know the 18th is the NBA draft. They'd probably, if I had to guess, make free agency about a week later. Maybe the 25th of November. or uh, Yeah, excuse me, November. I had that right. Which would be a Wednesday. That's the day before Thanksgiving. December 1st would be six days after that. Which potentially could be training camp. Or maybe they started on the 2nd and just space everything out by a week. And then less than three weeks after that, the season would begin. So we're looking at a potential crazy chaotic haul starting a lot sooner than we expected. Today is October 27th. Election in one week from today. No one's going to be paying attention to anything between uh, today and, and election night on the 3rd. That'll be the only thing in anybody's radar. And then once you get to that, I mean, you're talking about two weeks to the draft and a day, two weeks and a day, 15 days. And we're probably going to be talking free agents right after that, because reports are already surfacing yesterday that free agents have potentially already agreed to their next destination, that these things are already happening in the shadows because teams and players and agents are all aware that it sounds like they're just not going to have any time to figure things out. So use the time you got now. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I am Dan Bespris. This is is a hoop ball presentation. You guys know the drill. It's spooky season over at mybookie.ag. They've got witch hats and jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts and bats and all stuff over their logo. It's adorable. But more than anything else, it's an opportunity to play free games that you can win money by playing. Free entry, actual cash prizes. Isn't that the dream well, luckily they've got that going, and today it's another blackjack tournament. Blackjack tournament happening today. It's completely free. They're gonna have other stuff throughout the week. They're calling it Spooky Season, and they've changed their logo. Actually, I have an extra O in it, so it's MyBooky.ag. You can. It's the website is the same. Don't worry, you don't have to spell that differently. Use promo code Hoopball when you sign up for your account. I don't think you even need to make a deposit to play in these free Halloween games but go ahead and make one because our guys over at Hoopball Gaming just continue to rack up football winners. I should have been blindly following them every time, but honest to goodness, I have so many things going on, I often miss something here and there on what's going on. So I might miss a play, but if you're following those guys, Ira and Devin and Troy and John now, uh, you're winning money on your deposit. And if you're if you're feeling shy, if you're feeling sheepish, sign up on the account with the promo code Hoopball. And test the waters a little bit. Play the free blackjack tournament. Maybe you guys will play the blackjack tournament and win it because there's $10,000 in prizes in these things. Maybe you win enough money into your account and you can bet with that if you want. So there's a lot of ways to win over at MyBookie. Again, sign up. We beg of you. It's great. You're going to love it. MyBookie.ag promo code again is HoopBall. On yesterday's show, I promised that on today's show we'd talk a little bit about what a 72-game game NBA season would mean from a fantasy standpoint but before we even dive into that I think we have to sort of I don't want to say recap because I don't want to do yesterday's show redux but with this the the rumor mill kind of picking up steam we talked yesterday about how Shams had tweeted that They were targeting December 22nd as a potential start date, and then Mark Stein reporting that December 1st would be the start of training camp. The fact that all of these leaks are happening and they're very firm dates that are coming out leads me to believe that this is something that is pretty far down the line. And as we mentioned yesterday, because there's basically $500 million on the line of getting the season going earlier as opposed to later, I've got to think that that might be the the thing that makes the push forget everything else of course we also heard from Danny Green yesterday midway through the day saying look if the season's really going to start in eight weeks you're going to have guys sitting out the beginning of the year which is to be expected I mean guys like Jimmy Butler who played 46 47 minutes in some of these playoff games LeBron who's look LeBron's almost as old as I am It feels, however, like he's aging more slowly, so perhaps he is no longer as close to me in age as it once was. I'm getting older a lot quicker than LeBron is these days. Uh, Anthony Davis, who played hurt through the playoffs. Go back to the previous round. Jamal Murray, who played 44 minutes a game in the Western Conference Finals. Jokic, who never gets off the ground. It feels like he could just come right back and play again. But a lot of these guys that made it a long way in the bubble, they're not ready to start back up. And Danny Green said something like, look, these guys probably aren't going to play if the season starts on December 22nd. I think that's partially true. I think that there's a little bit of a threat element there, with like, look, we don't, we old guys who just played into a bubble that ended two weeks ago, we don't want to start up again in 10 weeks. We need a slightly more legitimate offseason. That said, there were eight teams that haven't played a single game since March. I shouldn't say were. There are eight teams that haven't played a single game since March. There are uh, an additional six teams who only played, well, eight or nine games in the bubble, depending on where you put the play-in game. There's another eight teams who only played an additional five or six games on top of that. So a lot of these teams have been done either since March or August. And obviously, March to December is more than enough time. These guys are champing at the bit to get back in there. And then August to December is not that dissimilar from a normal offseason for a bad team. Which would be April to October. That's six months. August to December is four September, October, November, December. You guys can trudge along with me here. So what we're really looking at are more or less four teams that are, two in particular, the Heat and the Lakers are are gassed beyond gassed beyond gassed. And then you can throw the Celtics and the nuggets into that mix. I don't know if you really need to go around earlier than that, which would throw who back into this thing. Uh the Rockets, the Clippers and the Western Conference, the Raptors and the The Bucks. Did those teams play into September? I think they might have nuzzled up against September. You know, September, October, November, and most of December, you're still talking about almost four months of an offseason for those teams that made it to the second round of the playoffs. So it's really about those last four clubs, effectively. If the rest of these guys can't get right in three and a half, four months, well, I mean, then we're doing something else wrong. The bubble, I get it, was was a an emotionally draining thing. But right now, some of those teams might be thinking, wow, that seems really soon but eight weeks from now, they're probably going to be ready to go. Because eight weeks is not nothing. That's two months. We're still talking about two months. What did you guys do over the last two months? Quite a lot. Quite a lot. Which is from late August to right now. What happened? Uh, Like, most of the NBA playoffs happened. Large portions of the MLB season We had a COVID spike, a dip, and now another spike. Like, a lot of things can happen in two months. And so I think a lot of these players that might be hinting that they're not ready, they're saying they're not going to be ready, are actually wrong. Because I don't think they realize that there's still a lot of time between now and opening day, especially for the veterans who are not going to be expected to do much in training camp. For the Heat, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Celtics, I am fully on board. Those teams are getting screwed in this scenario. There's no way around it. That is a really quick turnaround, considering they were in the bubble. The Lakers and Heat were in the bubble for more than 100 days. The Nuggets and the Celtics were pushing that. They were, I think, probably in the 90s. And then it was basically a game every other day that entire time. They had long series. They played huge minutes. Those dudes are tired, especially the older guys. Jimmy Butler, LeBron, Anthony Davis— on those particular teams, the Celtics are relatively young. So Kemba, I think you can put into that mix because he was never really quite healthy. I'm putting Jamal Murray in that mix because he played so many minutes. He, he ended up kind of breaking himself. Bam is a young guy, but, you know, we're all human at some point. So, yeah, there are a handful of guys, teams, that would be getting boned in this scenario would they just sit out the first 10 to 15 games? No, I don't think so. I think there's, there'd be too much on the line. I think LeBron and AD both know that if they just squatted in the locker room for the first 15 games of a 72-game season, the Lakers would probably go something like 3-12 in those games. It wouldn't be pretty. And then the remaining 57... That's assuming, by the way, let's assume they actually stay healthy for the remaining 57 games on the schedule. How many of those are they actually going to win? Let's say something crazy like 40. Like they go 40 and 17 when they actually come back and play. Which, by the way, is probably not going to happen. You're still talking about uh, 40 and 29, which is probably near the bottom of the Western Conference. Uh, 40 and 32, sorry. Sorry. Forty-three and twenty-nine. Ha! There you go. Thank you. That was like a producer was in my ear, but it was actually my brain just catching up with my mouth. Forty-three and twenty-nine. Yeah, that's a playoff team. But that would be a perfect run after they came back from being hurt, which is not gonna happen. AD's gonna miss a game. LeBron's gonna miss some games. There'll be back-to-backs where they're probably not gonna play. Jimmy Butler could he sit out the first fifteen games? Hell no! Not on that Miami Heat team without Jimmy. They're they're not doing a whole lot. I know they're well coached, but Come on, he's he's the engine. What about the Nuggets? Could they win games without Jamal Murray? Yeah, they're, they're deep enough. They had guys that didn't play this last year. They have some young guys. They'd be okay. Celtics, with Kemba missed the first 15 games or the other guys maybe sat out a few here and there, yeah, they'd be okay. Mostly because the Eastern Conference is just going to be easier. So the Heat and the Lakers in particular, they're staring down the barrel of it, and so you're just not going to see that. You might see... You know, maybe LeBron and AD play against the weaker teams at the beginning of their schedule, kind of lock up some wins, bank them, basically rest against the better teams, just take the losses and get the rest. So maybe the Lakers go 8-7 and their first 15 games. That's a big difference, five games better than our other scenario. And then they could. Then they could have additional rest days the rest of the way. Maybe they just decide they're only going to be playing a maximum three games a week. And I know that in a perfect world, they'd be like, look, we l- just push it back. Then we don't have to worry about this stuff. But $500 million is a lot, and there's actually more on the line. It's sort of a compounding situation. And I apologize for sort of going into the numbers again on today's podcast after saying we were, we were kind of done with that yesterday. But I want to I point out what is really on the line here. If it's truly $500 million to get those first four weeks in, the December to January stretch, as opposed to playing those four weeks in a May to June stretch, then think about what's on the line for the following year. Because the NBA wants to get their start date moved back towards the middle to end of October because the October, November, November, December stretches of weeks are also extraordinarily valuable, more valuable than April to May or March to April by some amount. We don't know by how much, but what we do know is that as spring and summer start to get near, TV viewership goes down. I think it drops off pretty precipitously in the April to May window. April, May, June, really July, August. It bottoms out in a pretty big way and then starts to come back up, normally like around now. Football probably starts some of that bounce back, but that's generally just for football so let's say the players convince the league, hey, like sacrifice the five hundred mil on the front end this year you'll get some fans in the arena in April May, and that'll cover you know a hundred to two hundred mil of the lot of the five hundred so you're going to lose probably still three or four hundred million dollars by waiting, but You'll have your superstars and the, 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 pub, the negative publicity that would have happened with all of your star players sitting out at the beginning of the year. We won't have that. So let's say they do that. And it's a 72-game season that starts in, on MLK Day. Uh, we decided it would be about, what, about a five-month season? So that would go to February, March, April, May, June. Season ending in late June... I think it'd be just a hair over five months. No, I'll be almost five months on the nose. Uh, season ending in, in mid to late June. Playoffs begin a couple days later, roughly end of June, beginning of July, and run through July and most of August. So the NBA season played all the way through 72 games plus playoffs ends at the end of August which would be about six weeks earlier than this playoffs ended, which was early October. If the NBA wanted to, at that point you're talking about September, October, November, being the offseason. I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to convince these guys to come back after three months off after playing from January all the way through August. It's not like this year. This year, they have a rare opportunity because of the four-month break between March and and the end of July. Because of that four-month break, the NBA feels like they can shorten the normal offseason. Remember, the normal offseason runs from the end of the playoffs, which is mid-June, until mid-October. That's a little over four months. So if you did that with a playoffs that ended at the end of August— You'd need to rest all of September, all of October, all of November, all of December. And the earliest I think you could convince teams to start back up next season would be around Christmas. A 72-game season plus playoffs, you can back your season up by probably about a month to a month and a half season over season. So by foregoing the early start this time, They would only be able to get as early as December next time, and they wouldn't be back to October for two years instead of potentially one. So you're foregoing not only this four-week high media uh, revenue month, the December month this year, but you're actually foregoing November the following season. So you're sort of doubling up on it by delaying the transition back to the early start time. You're giving up money this year and next year. And I just don't know that the league and the Players Association is ready to do that for basically four veterans who have a lot of power in the NBA. LeBron, AD, and Jimmy Butler, there's a lot of power there. And throw in a couple other older goats that I'm sure will be irritated. I'm not sure that those guys have enough power to say, look, like we need the league to basically forego a billion dollars so that we can get enough rest. They're just gonna have to go at 60% for that month and hope that their teams can hang in there. This is why while I'm looking at these rumors and everybody and people are sort of going back and forth on whether or not this is feasible i just don't I don't see the league giving up a billion dollars five hundred million this year and probably another five hundred million the following year because they couldn't get the season start date pushed up early enough by the way uh maybe next year they go back to an eighty two game season if everything is good on the pandemic front by moving earlier, sooner you allow yourself the opportunity to have a full eighty two game regular season sooner, which is an extra 5 home games of revenue for every team. These are big big deals. We talked about this already. Teams are probably making between 1 and 5 million dollars per home game if I had to guess. You don't think they want to throw another 5 of those into the bucket? What did we talk about? Three, 2, three, I mean let's just say 2. Let's say they make 2 million dollars per home game. An extra 10 home an extra 10 games, 1550 games. We talked about this already. I mean, I you know, there's, there's that element, adding the extra 10 games back to the regular season. The reason they can so easily shave them off this coming year is because they don't expect there to be that many people in the arena anyway. So what are they giving up there? Uh, a 25% capacity for those 150 games? That's just not that much. You fill it up all the way, it's a big deal. There's a lot on the line to get this season going sooner. So I'm going to operate under the assumption that the season's starting December 22nd. At this point now, it would actually surprise me if it wasn't, because there's just so much damn money to be had. So much. Extraordinarily large numbers that we, we have to consider kind of over player health, unfortunately, like they're, they're going to have to find a way to be healthy some other way, as opposed to an extended off season. Thought that was worth talking about. Cause there's, there's just a lot pushing in that direction right now from a fantasy standpoint, the 72 game season makes a much bigger deal than the players that are probably going to be resting. I think, you know, if you're that, those adjustments are easy. You look at the players near the top of the board and, that have a potential to sit out a bunch of games. Anthony Davis probably gets demoted. I don't think you're taking him in the top two if the season starts December 22nd because in a 72-game season, I think he maxes out at about 57 ball games. LeBron is probably going near the end of the first round. Not anymore. Jimmy Butler is probably going somewhere near LeBron. Not anymore. Knock those guys down a lot. Jamal Murray, I think you could knock him down. Jokic, you probably knock him down a little bit, although, like, I mean, he just played. He played in 92 games this year. He played more games this year and playoffs uh, than LeBron, despite LeBron going around deeper. LeBron played in 88 games, all told. Everything rolled up and together. Jokic played in 92. I believe that's the biggest number on the board. Adebayo was 91. I don't think anybody beat that number. Maybe Duncan Robinson. I don't think he missed many, if any, games for Miami. Yeah, 94. So Duncan wins that, that battle. Duncan Robbins played 94 games. Playing the most games of anybody in the NBA. Ha, how about that for an interesting little factoid for your pod today? Duncan Robbins played the most games uh, altogether this year. And then number two is Jokic. So, ni- I mean, 92 games is a lot of damn basketball games. So, yeah, you probably demote him a tiny bit. Even though he's not exactly huff- hoofing it every moment on the court the way some of these other guys are. I don't think you draft Kemba. You've got to knock him down a number of pegs. I think the other Celtics I'm okay with. You know, I, I know Jason Tatum played in 83 games altogether, but like 83, you know, that, That's a full regular season, basically. I think I think he can come back from that. And then, you know, timing-wise, that's the only issue. Is 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 there enough time for recovery? And for these young guys, I think the answer is yes. They they bounce back fine. You remember what you were like when you were twenty? 20- two, three, whatever it is that Tatum is these days, like, you could just, you could do anything. You could go to bed at four in the morning, wake up two and a half hours later, and you just felt like a million bucks. Uh, <laughs> not anymore. I'm a, I'm a decrepit old wreck. So those are an easy adjustment. Just knock guys down or off of your board that play deep into the bubble that are going to miss a bunch of rest games early in the year. I think the, the 72-game season is has the bigger impact on what we're doing from a fantasy standpoint. Re- lesson number one related to the 72 games has to be you must get out to a quick start. Because your head-to-head playoffs aren't getting any shorter. They're probably going to be uh, the normal three rounds with a first-round buy for the top two teams. Six teams out of 12 make it. Same, same old deal. You probably don't have the luxury of shaving off the silly season this coming year. So check your league settings, if indeed this is what shakes out, to make sure your playoffs are starting and ending at the time that you want. If you cut off the silly season in a 72-game year and and wipe out those last 10 days of the season, which is, you know, generally anywhere from four to six games for these teams, you're talking about now a 66 to 68-game birth where the last three weeks... Which is probably about another 10 to 11 games, are playoffs. And now your regular season, your fantasy head to head regular season is what? 55 games? 56? Something like that? That ain't many. That's a sub 20 week regular season in head to head leagues. And in roto, if you're going front to end, you know, you just have to make your move a little bit quicker. It, it probably doesn't change your your roto attack method all that much you have to change the games cap you know if it's a lot of my games cap situations i like to set it at about 1.1 games per roster slot so 820 plus another 82 more or less so this year you'll have 720 plus maybe another 72 roughly so maybe about 790 games for your games cap something like that 76 77 78 79 something per roster slot on your your Roto stuff. So it doesn't change it quite as much um if only because you know in Roto you're you're tabulating stats anyway. The only reason that a longer season is good is that it just it kind of gives more time for statistical regressions to to players to kind of be who you wanted them to be or to hit their their career numbers I do think that it's already extraordinarily important to draft guys near the top that are going to play in 85 percent or more of their games in a 72 game season that probably becomes just a little bit more important but I wouldn't say markedly so you know if you were We've already talked about this a million times over the years on this podcast. You know, your first-round pick has to be a guy that's going to get you first-round value. That doesn't really change in a 72-game season. It just wipes you off the board quicker if you spend an early pick on a guy that doesn't perform. You can kill yourself. You can you can brutalize your team faster in a shorter season because... You know, if somebody misses the 25 games in the middle of the year with an injury, if your early round draft pick is not performing, they don't have as much time to make up for that. Missing 15, 20 games in a 72-game season is just a larger percentage of the year than missing the same number of games in an 82-game season. You know, 52 out of 72 is a worse percentage than 62 out of 82. That's just sort of simple math. How you know how much more important is it? Fifty-two out of seventy-two is about seventy-two percent of the t- the season. Sixty-two out of eighty-two is about seventy-six percent of the season. So you're getting roughly a four percent knock, right? I mean, that's a fairly that's straightforward. Like you already wanted those guys at the beginning of your draft to be guys that played in 85% or more of their games, now it just becomes a a tiny bit more important. You need to, I think, be even a little bit more conservative in your first two, maybe three picks. In Roto. In head-to-head, you cannot stash. You can't. There's not enough time for it to matter. You need to get off to a quick start. The weirdness of a shortened season makes getting a first-round bye even more important than usual. So the rules that we already abide by, if you're following the Dan Bespris old man methods on this podcast, are just stronger in a shorter season. Don't draft injured guys. Paul George being a wonderful example of that this most recent year. He never got right. He certainly had the time. And actually, this last year was a really good example of it. The season cut off a month early. It's almost like this year prepared us for a 72-game season. Most of the teams played about, what, 65, 66 games? How did that feel for your roster? Now, pretend that you expected you know, mid-late March to actually be the end of the year. Would Paul George have had time to round into shape if the season went the full 82 games? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a distinct possibility. He actually could have closed the year strong. He looked pretty good, actually, in the beginning of the bubble before he, he had his little, his his battle with depression. Uh, Paul George was putting up pretty good numbers at the beginning of the bubble session. Extra time for these guys that start the year hurt, is critical. I already hate the idea of stashing an injured guy at the beginning of a season when they have 82 games to figure it out. Shave three weeks off of that? Absolutely not. Not in a thousand years. Especially not in a head-to-head league. You need those picks, your early selections, your middle selections. You need guys that are posting numbers because most head-to-head leagues are daily and most of them don't have any kind of games cap. That means you're trotting dudes, whatever you can, whatever dudes you can, from the first player on your roster to the very last dude on your bench, those guys are all being counted on to play and get numbers. Injuries are brutal in those unlimited head-to-head types of leagues. And I think that's, I, I, I really firmly believe that that's what most of us are doing. Weekly makes it a little bit less intense in those moments, but obviously if you have a guy hurt at the beginning of your week, you can't sub him out, that's, that creates its own set of messes so to me you can't be drafting any injured players at the front end of a 72 game regular season it becomes even more important because during a normal year you've got what 21 22 ish weeks of a regular season to sort it all out that getting shaved down to 18 or 19 you're in real trouble Those are probably our largest draft tenets. We have others, of course. When to make your moves, how to assess value. But in a shortened season, with a limited offseason for some teams and not others, we are going to have to change our ranking board. It actually brings into focus even more our eight-show discussion on what teams are going to be pushing their guys next year. I was pretty high on Clippers, but now I think you have to dial them back just a little bit because guys like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard are not going to be getting their normal amount of off-season rest. What about some of those bubble teams? What about a team like the Blazers? They went out early in the bubble, but a lot of those guys need the rest. I still am relatively high on them. What about a team like the Suns? Draft them all, man. That team is excited for opening day. You bring that opening day sooner, they're coming out of the gates. They're bursting out. They're the lead horse out of the chute. Like, I wouldn't be blown away to see the Suns get off to a rip-roaring start. They could be leading the Western Conference after the first two weeks next year. So we really need to reassess what this all means from a motivation standpoint. What does it mean? What about guys that we already knew were going to be getting rest days? Like Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant is going to be getting rest days. Russell Westbrook had him this last year. I assume that'll probably happen again. Although, at some point we'll find out who Houston is hiring as their next head coach. Guys with rest days, that becomes more critical too. You just, you need your top most players to get into every game. If you draft a first and a second round guy that play 90 or more percent of their games in a 72-game season, you put yourself in position to win that league. And I don't even care what format you're in. The teams that are going to win a shorter season are the ones that have their top guys playing. There will be value plays. Make no mistake. The, the, you know, the rest of the draft, you probably don't alter things all that much. Health becomes more important in a shorter season. That is probably the big takeaway, and you have to draft accordingly. Do not stash injured guys. Don't draft dudes that are taking uh, preset days off. Don't draft guys that are clearly annoyed about the quick turnaround, and go from there. Got a couple more days here to push manscaped.com upon you. The Lawnmower 3.0. We got one, two, three, four shows here to move some units. Make sure that our partnership with Manscaped stays strong through the rest of this shortened offseason and then into the next NBA campaign. So please, if you've been thinking about it, head there today. Use promo code HoopBall20 to get the Lawnmower 3.0 for 20% off with free shipping on your order. Get an ear and a nose hair trimmer, a luxury nail kit, sweet swag, powders, and lotions. They've got it all at Manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is HoopBall20. All one word, HoopBall20, over at Manscaped.com. Again, thank you to MyBookie.ag for their continued partnership. Go check out Spooky Season at MyBookie. .ag. Promo code over there is just HoopBall. I'm Dan Vespers. Tomorrow on the podcast, we have an internet very early mock draft that seems less very early. All of a sudden, we'll break down some of the results from that. And uh, no real plan, actually, as to how long that's going to take us. We'll also talk to Josh Millman later this week. Break down the Western Conference after we talked Eastern Conference last week. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. You can find me like that. This was fantasy nba today no longer holding the fantasy a hoop ball presentation have a great tuesday everybody we'll talk to you tomorrow morning so long this has been a hoop ball presentation